up to Ezekiel chapter 24. That's where we will get started together this morning. And we're going to get started in the 16th division. So we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 24, verse number 16. Really good seeing you guys out this morning. We have a wonderful crowd. We have a few guests who are visiting with us. We really, really appreciate you all worshiping with us today here at Rolling Hills. It's always a wonderful thing when God's people can worship together in spirit and in truth. Ezekiel chapter 24 is where we will begin shortly. The prophet's wives were something else. I don't know if you've ever really thought to consider the prophet's wives, who they were, and what they did, but they were an interesting bunch of women. Um, We know that Abraham's wife, Sarah, literally laughed at God. Moses' Cushite wife, his African wife, brought him a tremendous amount of grief and criticism from those who he loved the most. And we know that Isaiah's wife named her son this. I have no idea how to pronounce that. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. But that is what she decided to name her child. We know that the Lord called upon the prophet Jeremiah and told him not to take a wife. Do not marry. Jeremiah was a man who never had a wife. We know that Hosea's wife was a harlot. And the Bible tells us in Ezekiel chapter 24 that Ezekiel's wife was the delight of his eyes. She was the apple of his eyes. He loved her. He cared for her. He supported her. He cherished her. He adored her. But sadly, during a time when it would have been so refreshing to have a wife, during a time when the wickedness of man was great upon the earth, God's people were in captivity, and the Lord was so upset with the nation of Israel that he was about to wipe them out. During a time when the prophet needed his wife the most, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Son of man, behold, I am about to take the delight of your eyes away from you at a stroke. Yet you shall not mourn or weep, nor shall your tears run down. Sigh, but not aloud. Make no mourning for the dead. Bind on your turban and put your shoes on your feet. Do not cover your lips, nor eat the bread of men. So, verse 18, so the prophet says, I spoke to the people in the morning, and at evening my wife died. During a time when it would have been so refreshing for him to come home to his beautiful, lovely wife after a long day of prophesying to a wicked and godless people, the word of the Lord comes to him saying, Ezekiel, your wife is going to die. But not only is your wife going to die, when she dies, I don't want you to grieve. I don't want you to mourn. I don't want you to lament. I don't want you to be upset. I want you to act as if everything is okay. When your wife dies, I want you to exude a speechless sorrow. Why? 
is this happening to the prophet? This faithful man of God, why does his wife have to die? And why in the world would the Lord of all creation tell him, when your wife dies, I don't want you to grieve. I don't want you to mourn. I don't want you to be upset. Bind on your turban. Put your shoes on your feet. Don't cover your mouth. Don't eat the bread of the bereaved. Act as if everything is okay. Why in the world has the Lord done this to the prophet? This is happening. Because the nation of Israel will soon be destroyed. Ezekiel's wife dies and the Lord tells him to exude this speechless sorrow because the nation of Israel is about to be completely and totally wiped out. In Ezekiel chapter 24, after he receives this devastating news from the Lord, the prophet says, So I spoke to the people in the morning, and at evening my wife died, and on the next morning I did as I was commanded. And the people said to me, Will you not tell us what these things mean for us, that you are acting thus? Ezekiel, Why in the world is this happening? Why has your wife died? And why in the world are you acting as if everything is okay? Why are you exuding this speechless sorrow? Tell us what these things mean. Ezekiel says to them in verse number 20, The word of the Lord came to me. Say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will profane my sanctuary, the pride of your power, the delight of your eyes, and the yearning of your soul. And your sons and your daughters whom you left behind shall fall by the sword. These things are happening to me because God is about to wipe you out. These things are happening to me because the temple is about to be destroyed, the walls are about to be smashed, the splendor of Israel will vanish, and your sons and your daughters will fall by the sword. The splendor and the joy of your life will soon be snatched away from you, just like my wife was snatched away from me. And when Israel is destroyed... Just as I was unable to grieve, just as I was unable to mourn and lament at the passing of my wife, you will not be able to grieve, mourn, or lament when Israel is wiped out. You, just as I did, must exude a speechless sorrow. The text continues to say in Ezekiel chapter 24, in verse number 22, the prophet speaking to the people, And you shall do as I have done. You shall not cover your lips, nor eat the bread of men. Your turban shall be on your head, and your shoes on your feet. You shall not mourn or weep, but you shall rot away in your iniquities and groan to one another. Thus shall Ezekiel be to you a sign. According to all that he has done, you shall do. When this comes, then... You will know, you will know that I am the Lord. What Ezekiel is telling the people is, these things are happening to me. My wife has died and I am not grieving. Jerusalem will be destroyed and you must not grieve because God is trying to get your attention. God is trying to wake you up. He is using me and my circumstances. He is using me and my life as a sign to you. He wants you to reevaluate your life. He wants you to see where your decisions have gotten you. 
Your decisions have taken you into captivity, far away from the Lord, and stripped of the splendor, the glory, and the wonder of Israel. This is where your sins and your wickedness has taken you. And this is why my wife died. Because God is trying to get your attention. You will know, the latter half of verse 24 says, you will know that I am the Lord. Death has an ugly way of getting our attention. When people die, we are suddenly shocked. We are suddenly overwhelmed. We wake up and realize that life is brief. Life is short. And we ask ourselves, am I ready to meet my maker? Death has a way of getting our attention. Unless you've been living under a rock for the past seven days, you are well aware of the fact that Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter, along with seven other people, were tragically killed in a horrible helicopter accident last Sunday morning in California. And when that happened, it shocked the world. The death of those nine people woke this world up to the realities of life, to the realities of death, and to their own fatality. Death points us to God. Death helps us realize that we are not in control and there is a God who is. Death has a way of shocking the world. And so, this morning, as we consider the death of Ezekiel's wife, and as we consider his speechless sorrow, and how his wife's death, and how his response to his wife's death woke the nation of Israel up, we're going to see how death wakes us up today. Why is death so shocking? Death is so shocking because it happens to all. It's something that happens to every last one of us. No one can avoid death. In Ezekiel chapter 24, we learn that Ezekiel was a faithful man of God. And it is very clear that his wife was a faithful woman of God, for she was the delight of his eyes. But in spite of his faithfulness and in spite of her faithfulness, she died and he was robbed. Death robbed him of his wife. It didn't matter that they were faithful. It didn't matter that they were holy. It didn't matter that they were righteous. Because death takes everyone. Death is no respecter of persons. No one can avoid it. No one would have thought that Kobe Bryant, this very talented athlete, this very famous man, would have died. How in the world could Kobe Wan Kenobi, the black mamba, how in the world could he pass away? He did. He died. Why? Because death is something that happens to all. It is no respecter of persons. Why? Why do all men die? Because all of us have sinned. 
Sin brings forth death. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we learn in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 that the wages, the consequence, the result of our sins is death. Therefore, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27, it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this comes the day of judgment. Death is so shocking. It wakes people up. It makes people realize their own, their own fatality because it happens to all. But not only that, not only does death happen to all people, death is so shocking because it is sudden. It's something that no one can prepare for. Ezekiel was living his life. He was prophesying to the nation of Israel. He was taking care of his wife. He was doing all of the right things. He was doing exactly what God told him to do. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the word of the Lord comes to him saying, Ezekiel, your wife is going to die. The delight of your eyes will be taken away from you at a stroke. Some translations say the delight of your eyes will be taken away from you with a blow or with one blow. That phrase connotes the idea that his wife would be taken away from him suddenly. He did not expect his wife to die. During this very difficult time for the nation, he did not expect the Lord to come to him and say, Ezekiel, your wife is going to die. But she did. And when she died suddenly, it was truly shocking. Death is so surprising because it is shocking. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, the wise preacher Solomon says, For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare, so the children of man are snared at an evil time, when it suddenly, when it suddenly falls upon them. None of us can ever be prepared totally for the day when a friend, a loved one, suddenly passes away from this life. When they suddenly meet their maker. When they suddenly step into eternity. And when they are suddenly met by pain or peace. No one can ever be prepared for the realities of losing someone that they love. This is why death is so shocking, because it is very, very sudden. But not only that, death is so shocking because it sparks our curiosity. When people die, those who are left behind begin to ask questions. The wise preacher, or excuse me, the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 1, the righteous man perishes and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away while no one understands. When someone dies, we begin asking questions. Why in the world did Kobe Bryant have to die? Why in the world did his 13-year-old daughter have to die? Uh, Did they know that they were about to die? Did they suffer? Were they ready to die? Where are they now? Why did my beautiful mother have to die? Why did my brother have to die? Why did my sister have to die? Why did my grandparents have to die? They were faithful. Are are they in heaven? Are they in paradise? What, what, What has happened to them? Where am I going to go? We ask all of these questions. When death comes, it raises our curiosity. In Ezekiel chapter 24, in Ezekiel chapter 24, after Ezekiel's wife died, the nation of Israel is perplexed. They are wondering, why in the world is this happening to you, Ezekiel? Why are you behaving this way? They begin to ask questions. 
Death is so shocking, it is so sudden, because when people die, we begin to wonder why. In Job chapter 2, we know that Job lost it all. He lost ten of his children, and he lost his health, he lost his livestock, he lost everything. And then his wife comes to him and says, Job, do you still hold fast to your integrity? She asked him a question. Her curiosity was roused. And Job said, you speak as one of the foolish women should speak. Shall we not receive good from God, and shall we not receive evil? Job's wife's curiosity was sparked when they lost their ten children. And Job directed her back to God. And that's the point. Yes, death is shocking. Yes, death happens to all. Yes, it is sudden. And yes, when it happens, we ask all of these questions that some we're not able to answer. But when this happens, we must be directed to the Lord. That's exactly what happened in Ezekiel chapter 24. In Ezekiel chapter 24, Ezekiel made it very clear that these things were happening to him. The nation of Israel was about to be destroyed. They must not grieve. He did not grieve. All of this is happening so that they would see the Lord, so that they would know that Yahweh is God, so that they would be redirected back to the Lord. When death happens, when it takes our friends, when it takes our loved ones, when it takes celebrities away from us, we must see God. We must be pointed straight to the throne room of God. In Isaiah chapter 6, that is one of my favorite, favorite passages. And as I was preparing for this lesson, I realized that I have cited Isaiah chapter 6 in the past three sermons, but I don't care. In Isaiah chapter 6, the prophet Isaiah says, in the year that King Isaiah died, The king had died, the ruler had died, the commander had died, the chief had died. But guess what? In spite of the king's death, the prophet says he saw the Lord. He saw the Lord seated on his throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple, and above him stood the six-winged seraphim, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. Do you see the point that I'm trying to make? King Isaiah had died, but in spite of the king's death, Isaiah saw the Lord. He saw the Lord seated on his throne, living, reigning, and receiving glory, honor, and power from all of his creation. When death happens, may our hearts and our minds be drawn back to the Lord. In Matthew chapter 27, after Jesus has been killed on the cross, the text says that the veil of the temple was spontaneously torn in two. The earth shook, rocks were split, tombs were opened, and dead men rose. And the passage says, when all of this happened, the centurion soldiers said, truly, truly, this was the Son of God. Do you see it? The death of Jesus pointed those centurion soldiers to God. And that's the point I'm trying to make to you all this morning. When someone dies, our hearts, our minds, our devotion, and our attention must be drawn to the Lord who is seated on His throne, living, breathing, and reigning. We must realize that He is the potter, 
and we are the clay. We must realize that he is powerful and we are powerless. We must realize that he is immortal and we are mortal. We must realize that he has all power in his hands. He is the creator and he is the sustainer of life. And we must realize that one day this God is going to return. He's going to descend from heaven with a cry of command. An archangel is going to shout. A trumpet is going to sound. And the dead in Christ will rise. And those who are alive and remain will to be caught up with the Lord. And if we want to be among that fold who are lifted up in the skies with the Lord, then we are going to be prepared. We're going to ask the Lord every single day, as the prophet Moses said a long, long time ago in Psalm 90, Lord, teach me to number my days so that I will have a heart of wisdom. If we want to be prepared for that day that the Lord returns, then we must have a heart of wisdom, live our lives with wisdom, follow the Lord, serve the Lord, deny ourselves, take up our crosses daily and follow him. This, this is what death should do. Death should point us to the Lord. Yes, it's sad. Yes, it's heartbreaking. Yes, it's awful. It's a horrible thing when those who we love are stripped away from us. All of us have experienced that. But we shouldn't be, we shouldn't fall away from the Lord. We should be drawn closer to God. And that's the point that Ezekiel was trying to make to the people here in Ezekiel chapter 24. My wife died and the nation of Israel will be destroyed so that you will draw closer to the Lord. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, Solomon says, It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face, the heart is made glad. Our hearts are made glad when we allow death to point us straight to the throne room of God. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, this is a wonderful opportunity to become one. We see that one day all of us are going to die. And we don't know when it's going to come, but rest assured it's going to come. And if it doesn't come in this lifetime, that means the Lord has returned. And that's going to be a terrifying day for some, and it will be a wonderful day for others. For it to be a wonderful day for you, you must obey the gospel. You do that by hearing the word of God, hearing the revealed word of God that he has provided for us today. Believing that it is true, believing that Jesus came to this earth from 42 generations to suffer, to die, and to rise so that you may have life. If you believe that, if you believe that he is truly the Son of God, then make a confession. Confess before all men that you truly believe that, repent of your sins, and have your sins completely washed away in baptism, rising forth, walking in newness of life. If you've done that before, but you've fallen away, if you've made mistakes and you would like to make things right, if you want to be prepared, for your day of judgment, then come to the front. Please come to the front while we stand and sing the song of invitation.